Welcome, brethren, to our this second part of our Sabbath uh, afternoon service. Our subject is the last association and Elijah's faithful helpers. And my opening thought is from 1TG 2.22, as there's but one right way and one door, and as all Christians do not see alike and do not walk together, could it be that we are all wrong? Now, there are many so-called, self-called, self-designated, independent Davidians who do say that we are all wrong. Only they are right to be independent. But that is not what the message teaches, not even close, not even a little bit. This is part of the iniquitous doctrine that Satan has inserted into our minds of many people, Davidian, so-called, and it's not true, brethren. And there's a vast body of evidence in the message on that subject. No, that could never be as long as the Lord does not forsake the earth. Indeed not, for he must have a people in whom to confide his truth, and by whom to save those who choose to go his way. So those who choose to go some other way will in the end discover that the devil, not the Lord, is behind them. As I said, the whole independent movement is conceived in the fertile and wicked mind of the enemy. And will discover that the Lord, sorry, that the devil, not the Lord, is behind them, and that hell, not the kingdom, is ahead of them. Now, for some reason, many people are having trouble being faithful to the rod as it is written and taught by uh, Mount Carmel of Brother Howdoff. And they say, yes, these things were true then, but they're not true anymore. But they are true just in the way the Lord has said. And even reason and logic tell us that what Brother Howdoff said here under inspiration, that it is not possible for all to be wrong. There is going to be one set of people who are right. He has a people. He has promised that. Now, the rod is a prophetic, um, it is a prophetic message. And many people think it's prophecies of ancient times, prophecies of the future, and they don't realize that it's prophetic prophecies today being fulfilled yesterday in Brother Hadith's time and today in our time also. And it's remarkable to see predictions made many years ago fulfilled right before our eyes. And because they're being fulfilled before our eyes, it's easy to miss them. We've all heard of the forest, not seeing the forest for the trees effect. When you're in the forest and you're surrounded by trees everywhere, you really can't see the forest. And now we have fulfilled prophecy pointing the way for us today. It's the most amazing thing because the Lord has very carefully told us everything we need to know in plain English. And the most amazing part of that is uh, 
People today ignore that. These are the same people who say, as it were, if we had lived in the time of the prophets, we would have done better. We would have treated them better. And today they ignore what the prophet uh, uh, Elijah has said, totally ignore. And it is, I think, partly because it's right in front of our face. We don't expect the Lord to speak literally and plainly, but he can, you know. Everything is to be taken either literally or figuratively. All the prophecies, all the interpretations. It is a big mistake to spiritualize those things that are supposed to be literal. And it's a big mistake to make literal those things that are spiritual. The Lord tells us what uh, is the way to uh, determine these things. The Lord tells us, not us. And he has told us the plain, simple, correct name of the association for today. And many people in Davidia go on their way, whistling in the dark, either as independents or as a part of the wrong group, the non-prophetic group that is not heading straight to the kingdom. So it is a very interesting thing. There are two ways, actually there's a number of ways, but we cut down a lot of things and we have two ways of showing um, the, um, the, the true people today. And there's many, uh, quite a bit of other evidence, of course, uh, that we do intend to line up one after another uh, to have its effect. But today we are going to see uh, the last association and how Elijah's faithful helpers founded that association, helped it to emerge into uh, the plain broad daylight of, of today. Let's have a word of prayer before we continue. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can all gather before thee wherever we are on this planet. We thank you for this privilege that we can come together as brothers and sisters in this message. We pray that uh, you will be with us today in a special way, that we will be able to remember the things that we uh, hear, that we will want to study these things more, more, uh, more deeply, and that uh, you will uh, touch our hearts with uh, the desire to know the truth, whether it is as we have always thought or whether it's uh, something different. We pray that uh, you will be with uh, those who have um, personal problems. We pray for those children in Davidia and those outside who are hungry today, who do not have the bare necessities of life. And we pray that you will uh, put it in your people's heart to touch them with compassion and a desire to, uh, to help uh, uh, all of those who are in need to the uh, greatest uh, uh, extent of their ability. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are in our uh, sister 
associations. We pray that you will watch over them, that you will continue to guide their footsteps, and that uh, not so long from now we will all be reunited as that one people we were under Brother Howdoff. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Unmistakably, answer 323. Therefore, unmistakably, therefore, the clear light shedding forth from type, from testimonies of the prophets and from history, identify the message of the rod as the only one ordained to lead the Latter-day Church. Now, notice that we, we, we receive light that's uh, shedding forth from type, testimonies of the prophets, and from history. Many people despise history because it is, their history is not appealing to them. But uh, types, testimonies of the prophets in history. Type also is important. If there's no type for our work, for our existence, then we have no prophetic existence as far as the message is concerned. Very common uh, situation today. There is no type, no authorization, in the message today for the independence. And there simply is no uh, uh, excuse for anyone to be independent. We always have said, and, and you Bayesian brethren, you need to uh, wholeheartedly subscribe to this. If you are not in the designated association pulling the main wagon, at least you can be in one of the sister groups who are truly teaching the message to a great extent and doing a work that we know is a real work. And so um, at least we uh, can encourage people, if you encourage people to come straight to Bashan, it's like, well, that's a self-serving statement. You know, what else would you say? But what our real interest is, is in getting this work done quickly and getting out of here. We can spend more time here in this world, uh, this sinful world, or we can spend more time in the kingdom. It is up to us. And we want to fight and quarrel with our sisters, then you will spend time. We need to re understand that our sisters are not um, formally part of this association, but they are, to the extent that they believe the message and they are furthering the message, they are doing a work for the Lord. Not in type, they are self-sent, but it's still, the Lord uses them in the end. Now, we uh, need to understand the testimony, the, uh, the, the truth from type, from testimonies and from history. And we're going to deal with those things and we need to deal respectfully with it. True history, not made up things. People, uh, there's so many people in the world who think that they can say anything. You see people just saying amazing things. I, I see people saying, Donald Trump is going to be president by August. <laughs> and, and they have long convoluted involved uh, things there. And it's like, what is going on here? That you have lost touch with reality. Yeah. 
And worse, when you speak lies and deceive people, you end up causing problems. People may be hurt, killed, uh, uh, the country may be damaged. It's the same thing, surprisingly, in Davidia. People say all kinds of things with no basis in fact in history. And they don't seem to have any compunction about it. If it serves their end today, that's all that counts. And you can't do that, brethren. It's commandment breaking, serious commandment breaking. So this is to establish that the rod is the only message that is ordained by God to lead us home to the kingdom. If someone comes to you with a different message, be it the branch, the wave sheaf, um, the layman's movement, whatever, if it has a different name, that you have the, your answer right away. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to uh, dig deep into it. It is, oh, so you are teaching the wave sheaf? Uh, ministry uh, message, uh, thank you, goodbye, okay? And that's all you have to do and know because the rod is the only message. And it's the same thing with the branch. The branch is having a bit of a revival in Africa and coming back through um, England and back to this country and, it's so, and, and Europe and so on. It's very interesting. A bit of a revival for them is still a just a little bit, but... Uh, but still, um, no faithful Davidian needs to pause even to look. You don't have to stop to check them out. They have the wrong name and the wrong message, very, very wrong message. And that's why this shepherd's rod message is so special. God has answered our questions for us. He has completely answered all the important questions that we need. To know. So when we started out in 1934, our name was, the, our official name was the General Association of the Shepherd's Rod Seventh-day Adventists. And we all need to know that. The word Davidian was not used at all at that time until 1942. And uh, this was our name. But it's one um, spiritual government. It's one message, the shepherd's rod going all the way through. Okay, that's important to understand because you're going to wonder, well, what happened to the General Association uh, of Shepherd's Rod Seventh-day Adventists? What happened? What, did it, what, what became of it? Now, the spiritual government of, that uh, was established at Carmel continues to the end. And Brother Hattie said this in 1 Code 11, page one. Uh, our company being composed of 12 members signifies that it is to represent the foundation of the central headquarters location of the last and everlasting spiritual government. So the 12 was to represent the foundation of the last and everlasting spiritual government. Was the last spiritual government on earth going to be in Waco, Texas at Mount Carmel? No, 
It's going to be in uh, Mount Zion in Palestine. But it's the same spiritual government that derives its authority from the shepherd's rod. The shepherd's rod goes all the way and the spiritual government goes all the way. Now in 1943, and it's this small here, but I wanted to take the whole page um, from um, track 13. Um, 1943, organization named the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. That was the name of the Carmel Association in the main from that point on. But Brother Haddaf says this in 2TG10, uh, page 21, published uh, in the what, late 40s, early uh, 50s, late 40s, uh, he wrote, emerging in 1930 from within the Seventh-day Adventist uh, denomination, the Church of the Laodiceans, the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association has ever been committed to the prophetic work predicted in Isaiah 52.1 of preparing the Laodicean Church the last with the tears among the wheat for the final proclamation of the government and all the world. Uh, Davidian Seventh-day Adventist was emerging. How was that? The spiritual government had existed in Los Angeles. The shepherd's rod, Harry the rod, came in the city of Los Angeles from 1930. So that spiritual government continuing on, emerging, he later said in 19. 49 or 50, uh, uh, emerging in 1930 as what? The General Association, uh, really the Universal Publishing Association, I should have put there. But by 1934, change it to 1934, the name of the association was given as the General Association of the Shepherd's Rod Seventh-day Adventists, okay? That was our name in 1934. That's what it merged. And in 1943, uh, remember we just saw that the General Association of Divinian Seventh-day Adventists uh, was uh, emerged and was named. Emerging does not mean emerged. And people who don't want to see that, yes, it could mean different things. Okay, words mean different things, but words have to be consistent with their context. You can't just grab a word out of context and say, emerged, it emerged in 1930. See, it didn't. It wasn't used, the word wasn't used, but the spiritual government and the message was there and it continued on. And it continued on and emerged in 1961 as the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. And one thing that always surprises people I think, uh, the, and it shouldn't, is that this same association goes on to take the loud cry uh, to the world. I hope that's not news to anyone. This association, and that is what the rod says in plain English. And so if you were nothing yesterday, and a divinely enlightened human being today, you would last be a layman movement member. You would at last be a wave sheaf 11th hour church member. You would at last be a branch Davidian. No, none of these, none of these. You would last of all be a Davidian Seventh-day Adventist. 
Now last doesn't mean last on earth. It means last for the, uh, the uh, judgment for the church period, uh, the work for the church. Now last, it didn't say first. There are people who would say, well, it emerged in 1934. No, it didn't. It's last. Okay, it's the last phase here, and it will be the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association that accomplished the work, all of it. And how do we know? We have the more sure word of prophecy to tell us. Provisional in setup as well as in name, the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association exists solely to accomplish a divinely appointed work within the Seventh-day Adventist denomination wherein it therefore strictly confines its activities. Leviticus page two. Now, if we were working for the world, if we are selling literature to the world on Amazon, if we have a radio program uh, that we are broadcasting the message to the Protestant world, whatever, all these things are forbidden. We strictly avoid those things. We can only work for the church as a organization as the association. That doesn't uh, absolve you, brethren, from helping someone on the road, a wounded uh, person who is uh, wounded by life's uh, slings and arrows and in need of the bomb of Gilead. It doesn't uh, uh, absolve you from the responsibility of, of sharing some crumbs of truth with um, a Seraphonician. Uh, a sincere Seraphonician. But what it does require strictly is that this association not gear itself up to work for the world, okay? Our work is for the church, for God's people today, wherever they are, if they're Seventh-day Adventists, uh, uh, part of God's church, we work for them. We really limit ourselves when we get into uh, pe uh, uh, people who are broken away from the message from the church as the branch has. We don't really uh, treat them too much different than from people in the world. If they have a sincere interest, share the message with them. Okay, this, uh, there are those who will return uh, to the mother uh, association and the truth. But uh, otherwise, we, uh, uh, as an association, we aim uh, to concentrate our work on Seventh-day Adventists, any kind of genuine Seventh-day Adventist, whether it be a Reformed Seventh-day Adventist, a Davidian Seventh-day Adventist, or a regular Seventh-day Adventist, uh, or we could say a Laodicean-type uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, that is our job. Now, this is the forest here. It is Amazing and remarkable that the Lord, what the Lord has told us here, and it's amazing and remarkable how we as a people have ignored it. The Lord has been so good to us, and we as a people have allowed the enemy to confuse us and send us in all sorts of ways, uh, confused meanderings here and there and nowhere, mostly, to nowhere. It didn't have to be because the Lord has answered the question, that should be on everyone's mind. What is the true association today? What association is going to accomplish the work? That's what we want to know because we want to be part of that. Why do we want to be part of it? Because we should all be sincerely uh, sick and tired of being in the world. 
we need to uh, do, get our work done and get out of here. And we're not going to accomplish it in a speedy way if we're busy fighting with each other. And which is, the devil knows that, and he instigates these things. Every association has those people who are good-hearted, who are longing for unity and even working for unity. And you know what? They're in every association, there are those who sabotage these things. Don't be in that second class, brethren. So there is, according to the rod, if it is true, if it is the ordained final message, the rod has told us the name of this last association, this final association. The Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association exists solely to accomplish a divinely appointed work within the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. Now, accomplish is to finish, okay? It means that it exists, it is brought into existence to do this work. But I thought that the, our name was the General Association. What happened? The General Association was God's association as long as the prophet was alive. But it did something that it was forbidden to do. Actually, two things, yeah, two general things. It did not obey the command to strictly confine its activities to the church. Now, you may say, well, that's a small thing, and you would be among those who would think that Saul's offering of, of, a, of, of um, uh, forbidden sacrifices was a small thing, but God gives his commands. He gives us his requirements. We must live by those requirements because we are going to be judged by those requirements. We are going to die by those requir requirements just like the General Association was judged uh, uh, unworthy, okay? It did not meet the requirements of God for its existence to continue, and so it no longer exists. It just doesn't exist, and there's no question about that. There's not, let, well, you know, we debate that point. Uh, the association was dissolved in 1962. All of its assets sold. All of its li literature that it currently had then, every bit that we know of, uh, 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 several tons came to Bashan, to the DSDA. Um, some other equipment came also. Uh, uh, I always like to point out that our um, bread uh, uh, kneader, which the Hobart bread kneader came from uh, Mount Carmel, and it doesn't seem to uh, uh, have uh, any problems. As far as I know, it's still making dough to this day. It's amazing. I don't, they don't make machines like that anymore. But um, guaranteed there was no Hobart machine. I doubt very much they have uh, any Hobart bread maker, uh, neat, uh, dough maker that is still in, uh, in existence after these many years. But anyway, uh, we did uh, inherit certain things from the association. Uh, it isn't that important at this point. Maybe it will never be important, but uh, uh, the Supreme Court of um, the courts of Texas uh, have uh, ruled that this association is one of the successor associations to the general association. There's two of them. The other association is historically, we call it the Atwood Association. And uh, the brethren uh, need to know their history. And the brother Atwood is the one who started their association and 
due to a legal challenge to the, the state of the former association that wound its way through the Texas courts for several years. Uh, them, that association plus this association were ruled to be successor organizations. And uh, that is of more um, words there than of use to us right now. But the very surprising truth is the Lord has spelled out the name for us. He is a, he is a loving and, and good God. He does not drop us on the way. The, I've used this a number of times, but uh, the sons of the prophets came to Elisha and they say, said, let us go and look. Perchance uh, the Lord has dropped Elijah in the wilderness and we'd be 50 strong sons of the prophets that we will search everywhere. Okay, the Lord, uh, Elisha had no concern about that. And we need not have any concern either. The Lord is not going to drop us on the way. He did not forget us. He gave us the name of the association. There was no other named association like that. From that time to this time, there still is no legal association with that name. We are the only ones. As there is but one right way and but one uh, door, and as all Christians do not see alike and do not walk together, could it be we are all wrong, all going in the wrong direction? No, that could never be as long as the Lord does not forsake the earth. He has not forsaken the earth. He has a people, he has a message, and he has an organization. And a lot of people don't like that. They like being responsible only to themselves. They, like, they would have liked to have been in Israel in the time of the judges and so on, when Israel had no king and every man did what was right in his own sight. And that is how a lot of people, Davidians today, want to behave. Literally, they will tell you that. With the emergence of uh, the, uh, this vanguard and its army, the first fruits from which are elected 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes of Jacob, the 144,000, who stand on Mount Zion with the Lamb, the reign of anatypical David begins. And the, this um, is speaking in Levit Leviticus page three of this association, the Davidian Association. The name Davidian, der deriving from the name of the king of ancient Israel, accrues to this association, okay? and. First, it is, it is dedicated to the work of announcing and bringing forth the restoration of David's kingdom. And second, it purports itself to be the first of the first fruits of the living, the vanguard, from among the present day descendants of those Jews who composed the early Christian church. Now, this association accomplishes a certain work for the church. And it's said numerous times in the message. It doesn't say it just once. We don't take one isolated statement and run with it. We have to have several uh, confirmations. And this is confirmed throughout the message. The Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association accomplishes the work. So this association is ordained to implement a great reformatory movement and um, within the Seventh-day Adventist organization, 
And then uh, the, the, uh, the third section of the work, then with a loud cry, it is to go into the highways and hedges, preaching the everlasting gospel. With a loud cry, it is the loud cry, this association, this association. Brethren, when God says something plain like that, uh, when he gave uh, Saul exact instructions through his prophet, don't you think it's wise to listen and to obey? It would have been well with Saul if he had listened. The Lord could have confirmed his, uh, his household, his rulership. He could have been like David. You know what the difference was? David was faithful. David wanted to do the right thing. He didn't always do it, but he wanted to do the right thing. And when, he, when, he, when it was pointed out to him, he would make the effort to do the right thing. Whereas Saul made excuses. He ignored what he was told. He did not change. He did not reform. And he lost out completely. This association, brethren, if the Lord says this association, who are we to argue about it? What is it to us? It is him. His, his, he is God. He commands. He declares what we need to know. And he has done that. A lot of people feel comfortable following Satan's lead, the enemy's lead, in speaking ill about God's association. We don't point that out to them usually, uh, and we are going to start pointing that out to them for their benefit, not for ours. But they are engaging and, and falling into a very serious error when they do that. The association is not your association, my association, anyone's. It is God's association. It's God's ordained instrument. If you, if you want to speak bad about something, don't speak bad about those things that are God's. And don't, best not to speak bad about anything. But there are people out there who speak all sorts of wickedness about this association. And little ones come into the message and just, when I say little ones, adults, intelligent adults, and just drink up that same attitude. It, it's like it's imprinted on them and they run with it and they never look back. They don't realize the enormity of their, um, their sins. They are not sinning against us. Do not be offended with these brethren. Never be offended. They're sinning against the Lord and we need to reach out to them in love and, and uh, compassion uh, to try to help them. But do not uh, think that you can speak sharp and critical words to them and rescue them in that way. Now, the literature, the Shepherd's Rod literature was given to this association. Now, I mentioned that all the literature coming from uh, the general association, all that they had on hand when they dissolved themselves under the uh, supervision of the Lord, he was leading, okay? He promised to lead all the way. So. All that literature that they had on hand, which was a lot of literature, brethren, it lasted us for years. This association, the only association in the world that had a complete set of literature in the early days. And we gave it all away. Just about, uh, there are some, I noticed there are some original Mount Carmel um, tracks here and there that were, had become uh, water damaged or uh, whatever but um, that we didn't give away, but mostly we gave away every single thing, gave away 
all of the literature. We have always given away the literature. Now, there are graphic materials, audio uh, uh, materials that are not part of the Mount Carmel message. Those things sometimes were um, uh, uh, given out at cost, okay? Uh, tapes, uh, um, audio tapes, and so on. Um, we don't do, well, that's, that's in the past, but uh, t uh, today, um, even those things are given out and um, we have never sold what should not be sold, never. But very interestingly, on page four, the Lord says, the association's literature, the Shepherd's Rod series, draws its title from the Rod of Moses, the Shepherd of Midian. Now, we can take this in different ways, but one way that is actually true is that spiritually, that literature belongs to us. Physically, as I was telling you, three and a half tons of their remaining literature came to us. But um, spiritually, uh, the literature uh, belongs to us too. It has been assigned to us. It is our, um, uh, uh, our truth, our guide, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what we uh, must live by, and we are the guardians. Now, a true guardian will follow uh, the, the requests, uh, the wishes of the person who bequeaths something. And that's an important thought. Let me sidetrack. If you are ever a, the executor of somebody's will and you agree to be their executor, am I saying the right thing? I made a resolution to only speak <laughs> correctly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, if you are um, the executor of somebody's uh, state, uh, and you have agreed to do that. You are morally required to be faithful to their wishes, to do what they wanted you to do. Okay, very important. And we, as the, uh, the successor organization, spiritually designated successor organization, one of the myriad of things that points to this association is that we are the only association that has been faithful to the uh, the charge of uh, Brother Haraf to give away the message. From 1942 on, Brother Haraf never sold the message, okay? N none of the rod itself was sold. And we have never sold it, but we are the only association in existence today, uh, rod association that has never sold the message. This is a true thing. We are the only uh, rod association in existence who has accepted Brother Hadas' uh, request and requirement that the Shepherd's Rod, volume one and two, never be reprinted as a single volumes. He said, these volumes will never be reprinted, or this volume will never be reprinted, speaking about, I think, uh, volume two. And uh, we are the only ones who have honored that, and we will still honor it. We pass out that um, material in, in a comprehensive uh, um, uh, CD, DVD, and uh, we will do that not only in electronic form, but in printed form, but we will not reprint uh, what the prophet said, do not reprint those two books 
uh, by themselves. And that is an identifying mark, brethren. No other association can say that. The full and correct legal name of the final association is the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. The Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association has ever been committed to TG 1021, uh, and you can see the other uses of Davidian Seventh-day Adventist uh, Association, and that is the prophetic name of the association that will accomplish the work. Now, why didn't Brother Hadith say the General Association? We touched on that. Because the General Association was going out of business, and God knew that. And it would have been a false prophecy, which God does not have his prophet uh, uh, teach, if Brother Hadith had said, the General Association will accomplish the work. That was the name of his association. That for all reasonable purposes, he should have said that, but he didn't because he was acting under inspiration. Now, we don't use the word infallible exactly because uh, it is not that his words are infallible, but the thought, the inspired thought is without error. And he did not say the General Association accomplishes the work. And they can't accomplish the work because they don't exist anymore. But, that, but the Lord already had prepared another uh, organization to take over. From the beginning, from 1930, it was emerging. Now, this association continued, continues backward to 1961 without any deviation, okay? It's the same association. We're the only association who can say this, we have always been faithful to the 1961 session, honored those who were part of it, and, and uh, the decisions taken at that uh, session to this very day. The, our sister group was not so um, respectful, did not have the same attitude, and they don't exist today, brethren. When you don't have the same respect for God's commands, you lose your reason for existing, even as an association. That association does not exist. But here is a bit of history from the bound up uh, DVD. And it says, um, the, uh, Brother Adair is answering for Bashan here. He's answering a letter that was written to him by um, the removed um, quorum, by the former executive consul, um, members, and he, 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 he refers to the, them as the removed quorum, which they were. He had just finished removing them, he and the standing committee, and he knew very well that they were removed. And he's answering their proposal in this way. I guess I should have uh, made it, uh, cut out this little piece here, but anyway. Um, sentence two, part D, and that you will agree, this is, this is the other association, the so-called Rachel Association, that does not exist anymore, that you will agree to refrain from contesting our right to use the name, the General Association of Divinian Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, they're asking us, would you promise not to uh, contest our use of the name, the General Association? Okay, now I know what we would say today, all of us is like, no, we won't contest that at all. And that's what they said then. And Brother Adair wrote this. 
Although the standing committee has not authorized me to consider this concern, nevertheless, both I and Brother Bingham herewith assure you that we personally will never in any way, shape, or form contest your right to use the name the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, and uh, that is true. We would not contest their name, their right to use a wrong name. Uh, we legally now we would um, point out to them that they are using the wrong name, but we're not going to fight them about that ever. And I want to show you that because right from the beginning, these people were going wrong. Most of them ended up with the branch or. Uh, the, the, uh, the people on that quorum, the removed people, they ended up with the branch. Uh, they, um, they were not faithful to the message. They, first of all, were not faithful to the session, the decisions of the session. And second, they were not even faithful to the shepherd's rod. And this is the sandy foundation that all the other associations are built on, all of them. In this country, only one association does not have any connection to, um, to this uh, group here, this removed quorum. And that is, the, as I always point out, is the Salem Smith uh, Family Association in Salem, South Carolina. But uh, that is, um, I don't think it's a viable association at the moment. And... Um, all the rest of the Davidian associations today that I am aware of in this country, in the United States, in the land of Goshen, come from these people, from these four removed quorum members, the four members of the executive council of this association. So the Lord does have a true association that he has identified but there are people out there who have been trained from their childhood in the message to despise Bashan and everything about Bashan. Propaganda does work. Advertising pays. People who watch a lot of TV believe a lot of TV things. Okay, it will influence your mind. I, have, I remember speaking to people who, whose main activity in life, not Davidians, but main activity in life in the past was to go home and watch television. And they would deny indignantly that their, all their ideas come from the television in one way or another, but it did. And for, for us, standing back as we were away from, from all those things, it was clear as daylight that they would spout what they heard on television. And that's because propaganda works. If you have come in as a babe and you are told, about how wonderful this message is, you'll, you would start to accept that, you see that. But if you also see that there's a general atmosphere of disdain and uh, dislike and even hate for Bashan, you will absorb that too. Okay, the prejudices transfer from generation to generation. We have people who have not had the slightest contact with Brother Bingham ever in their own lifetime who hate him. Now that doesn't make any sense to hate someone you don't know. And uh, they don't even, they don't, not only do they not know him, but what they do know about him is only half right at the most. They know the negative things and they don't know what many of you brethren who have met him know yourself. And uh, 
we need to uh, make an effort to um, uh, spread uh, a balanced understanding about this. If you brethren knew him, it is good for you to share your thoughts on Brother Bingham with those who don't know. But Brother Haddaf had this point here about uh, what if you disagree with the storehouse? And the message does identify the uh, Bayesian Association. As you see, uh, we usually try to prove Bayesian by Bayesian, the statements on Carmel, Bayesian, and Gilead. But you can prove Bayesian in a different way by proving the association. This association met together in a session and voted to have uh, a place, a headquarters. They voted to accept the headquarters doctrine uh, study, doctrinal study given by Brother Bingham on Bayesian. And from that time to this time, we have been moving steadily in the same direction, teaching the same thing, nothing different. But there's a lot of people who are very prejudiced about Bayesian. I don't agree with those things at all, no sir. But I want you to notice, for you brethren who, are, who uh, think like that, that it is the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association that is clearly and unilaterally uh, identified as the prophetic association, the final association. There's no question about that. Now, if you don't believe everything about Bayesian teaches, what is the advice of the message? And uh, this is um, framed around a question on tithe, but it is, uh, if you extract the general principle, you will see what the message is telling us. Uh, should we pay our tithe to the storehouse if we do not agree with what is going on at the storehouse? I'm changing it. I, I am not changing the thought, but I am um, rephrasing it slightly there to broaden it. Knowing that our tithe belongs to God's storehouse, our greatest burden should be to see that it is faithfully paid there. Nowhere in the Bible do we find that the Lord has laid upon any tithe payer the policing of the channels through which the fund, these funds pass. Now, here's the thing. You may not agree with everything this association teaches, but it is the association that is ordained by God. There is no question about it. You, can, you can't get away from it. Even sticking our head in the sand is not going to change the fact that this association is the only association in existence today with the right name. And it has been in existence since before, just before the General Association was dissolved. So you may not agree with this association in every detail, but the, the, the message teaches that it is not up to us to police the channels that the Lord uses, the storehouse. The Lord's treasury and storehouse is under his control. And if he himself, now a lot of people don't believe this. They believe that it was once true, but not true any longer. And that's a classic kind of unfaithfulness. Yes, it's true, but it expired by limitation, by changing circumstances and so on. And this is one of the things that distinguishes Bayesian, the DSDA, from all other associations. We teach the rod the way it is. If it says that 
the Lord's treasury is under his control. We teach that and we believe that. And we hope that you will believe it too because the Lord doesn't lie. It is still true. He still has, he hasn't deserted the earth. He is still in control. And if he himself should not see fit to correct an abuse in the handling of his money, certainly we should not correct it however hard we might try. We could not correct it however hard we might try. If we guard carefully that part of his work which he entrusts to us, our only concern will be to find out where his storehouse is. And that's my point here, okay? A lot of people can read the Leviticus perfectly well and the rest of the message they have the capability of understanding what they read, but they have a breakdown when it comes to uh, believing and acting on what they read. It's like, whoa, that's talking about Bashan there. I don't like that, so I'm going to pretend I don't see it. But that is where the storehouse is, brethren. It's the only possible place where the storehouse is. And even if we don't agree with it, the message, why did the Lord put that in here? There's a reason. The Lord knew people would have their own uh, thoughts and concerns. And uh, even if we don't agree with it, it is the place where his storehouse is. Leave the situation to him. He will take care of things if they are not correct. He will personally take over even as he is now taking the reins in his own hands. Answer for page 46. Now, Many people read that to say, even as the reins are now, have now slipped out of his hands. That's how they really believe and act. They haven't slipped out of the Lord's hands and they can't slip out of the Lord's hands. As he takes control of something, he has final control of that. He is leading the way. Now, if you don't agree with everything Bashan teaches, keep in mind it is still the only possible storehouse. Another line of proof on this is God has a storehouse and a, a, so a movement in every generation. So what happened in the generation after uh, Brother Hadaf? Where was the storehouse after Florence Hadaf dissolved the association and walked away? Remember, Waco and Mountaindale did not exist then. There had to be a place a storehouse, and there was. From that day to this day, there's been one place. Now, we have the name Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. That is the name that is established, but it's not going to be our name forever. It is our name now, clearly, and the, the name will uh, be changed at a certain point. When is that? The separation of the tears from the wheat in the church is to signalize the beginning of the final harvest of earth, the end of the world. Then will have come the time for the denominational name to cease, for all her idols to be cut off, and for a new name to be given to those who escape. Then will these escaped ones proclaim God's glory and his fame to the Gentiles and bring out all of the nations, all their brethren, all that will be saved to the house of the Lord. And so the denominational name will cease after the purification. But until then, that is our name. And we can't change it. We can't decide that this year I'll have a new name. 
this year I'm going to call myself this or that or whatever. We, we don't get to do those things as the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. This is a prophetically named organization. It goes all the way through. It has a name change after the purification and continues on. And all the little sprouts that are jumping up and down all around, uh, sprouting up uh, here, self-sent people there, independent ones here, um, that uh, they, 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 they're not in prophecy. From the point of view of the Lord, they don't exist. And the reality is, because they work in a conflicting way, confused, conflicting way, mostly they're not accomplishing anything good. The sisters do accomplish something good, the associations, but all the little upshoots, uh, offshoots and independent and so on, they are not accomplishing any substantial, sustained good. And anybody who wants to change their name now is, is come too late. Now, a very interesting situation has come about. The collective herd of Davidia has scented what is in the, what is coming. Uh, the whole herd has, uh, uh, the leadership has heard and seen these things. And everybody wants to be, have that name of Davidian Seventh-day Adventist today. Doesn't matter what your name is, they want to pretend that they, they are the Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. And it just happened recently, as we've showed with Brother Don Adair replying to uh, the Rachel Consul, uh, they have for many years insisted on having the name General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. And that is their name legally, brother. All of them have the wrong name. They have come down to this date with the wrong name. They're, they're, they have various confused naming uh, situations, but in essence, both uh, Mountaindale legally and uh, Waco uh, constitutionally claim the name of the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Mount Carmel, MC. Okay, both claim the same name. Uh, informally, both of them are now aiming to have the name Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. That is where they're heading, trying to. But here's the problem. It's not time for the name change. You started off with a certain name. The Lord tells us when that name is going to be changed. After the purification, we don't get to make up our own rules if we are on the right path. In all the annals of church history since the Exodus movement, the rod message is the only one which calls for just such a movement and which exactly fits the type. And this is important. The others don't fit any types. They don't even try. They just sprout up out of, the, out of nowhere. There is no type for a wave sheaf ministry. The, the title is not in the message in that form. And there is no type. There's no, uh, uh, no chance of such a, a wave sheaf ministry uh, um, uh, message taking off from the message. It is purely self-sent. The rod message is the only one who calls for such a movement and exactly fits the type. Unmistakably, therefore, the clear light shedding forth from type, from testimonies of the prophets, and from history identify the message of the rod as the only one ordained to lead the Latter-day Church freed from sin and sinners into the land of promise. And uh, the, the rod 
of God is here to affect the great reformatory uh, movement. Now, it's no other message. If you see a different message, uh, walk away, turn your head, uh, uh, do not waste time. Now, the devil is not stupid. He knows that this is the correct thing for us to do. So he responds by deception. And you have Branch Davidians, you have Layman Davidians, you have Wave Sheaf Ministry Davidians, 11th Hour Church now, all saying, oh, wait, though, we teach the rod. This is the rod that we're teaching. Don't worry about who we really are. We're teaching the rod. Now, don't be deceived by their words. Watch their actions. Their actions are, they are teaching another message, and they will acknowledge it, too, if you look at their real names and so on. When you see that they are teaching something other than the rod, walk away. There's nothing to investigate. Because Elijah, the real Elijah, has already told us that this is the only message ordained. And if we will remember that, we will save ourselves individually a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, a lot of mistakes, and collectively, we will greatly strengthen our, our chances of seeing this uh, work uh, successful in our lifetime. In the face of these certainties, surely you cannot afford to turn a deaf ear to the voice heron pleading that everyone make a thorough investigation of the contents in these 11th hour publications, which in profuse quantities are now being freely, without money and without price, circulated through Laodicea, 1950s. Without money and without price. Anyone who disobeys this identifies himself as uh, uh, doing the wrong thing. The true 11th hour publications are sent in profuse quantities, freely, by the barrel load, and soon by the container uh, load, too. Uh, the shipping container. It has to go in vast quantities around the world. And we cannot be sidetracked from our God-given work. Do not let these people who are being used by the enemy, sometimes sincere brethren slip, fall, are tempted in the wrong way. The uh, enemy gets a hold of them. He implants an idea in their mind and they run with it. And you, we look at those people and we can see that they are not completely wicked people in every sense of the word, but they are being used by the enemy. If they are fighting against the shepherd's rod message, they are being used by the enemy and we should not have a doubt about it. Do not be in the slightest bit confused. We are either for the Lord, the rod only, or we are uh, working. Maybe we don't even know who we're working for, uh, but it's, it's called a false flag operation in the government's and intelligence work. You think you're working for the Israelis, but you're really working for the Russians or vice versa, whatever. They fool you with who you're working for. You think you're working for God, but you're working for the enemy. And if you're working against the shepherd's rod, you are working against, uh, for the enemy. Thus far, the fact stands that this final call comes at the last hour of the parabolical day, just before the gospel work closes, being the last message of mercy to the world and also the last 
call for servants. It must be born by Elijah the prophet, by him who, appear, who appears just before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Accordingly, the servants of the 11th hour must be called to the work by him during the time he is announcing the day of the Lord. Now, prophecy must be fulfilled. This must happen. And it's done for a reason. Elijah was not going to be going around the world doing everything with his own hand, teaching the rod, restoring everything. It was always going to be helpers that were called by him. Now, it is important to understand that the Lord says and sets up things as a, as a clear path for our feet and also as a stumbling block for those uh, for wrong pathways and people who want to take the wrong path. So the servants of the 11th hour must be called to the work by him. Okay, originally called by Brother Howdeff. And if we are not originally called by Brother Howdeff, then we are not the helpers. We are not the true government, uh, spiritual government of God that continues from Los Angeles all the way to the end. Do you, that to have a, uh, to be a helper originally, you have to be called by Brother Howdeff. And uh, the helpers have a very important work to do. And people may not fully understand this, but Elijah sets in motion the power to restore all things. He, he restores all things by setting in motion this power. And this is what the message says. Let it be said again that being the last of the prophets, and, and brethren, uh, if you have any quibbles about this, uh, the message does teach Elijah is the last of the prophets. There's to be no other prophets like him. He was an interpretative prophet. He was inspired to interpret prophecy. He was, his work was to put oil into the golden bowl. He's the last. There is, if someone says that they are a prophet, that they are Elijah or whatever, as soon as they say things like that, you have the Lord's, uh, uh, clear uh, um, instructions. These people are not speaking according to the truth. They are speaking contrary to my truth. That is what the Lord tells us through his message. Now, in, um, in blowing the trumpet in Zion and sounding the alarm in God's holy mountain, the church, in doing these, the, this, he sets in motion the power that is to restore all things. And that is something that's important to understand. Uh, he doesn't, um, it, it doesn't say that Elijah uh, watches every single thing, that Elijah controls every single thing. There are people who think that uh, the Lord's servants need to control every aspect of the work. And that's not what the message teaches. He sets in motion. Who has the reins? The Lord has the reins. Moreover, these passages do not restrict the work to an individual, but to a group, a body of helpers. This is prophetic because Brother Hadith didn't really know the future. He didn't expect fully to uh, pass away. Uh, the Lord doesn't make things like that clear to us uh, years ahead of time. 
uh, at a certain point, Moses knew, and Brother Hadith knew too. I would be, I would, uh, be um, uh, I, I, comfortable believing. But he did not tell these brethren, these people, years ahead, the discouraging news, you will not see the kingdom alive. He didn't say that. He said, but he did tell them that there would be a body of helpers. The founders of the denomination are here seen unquestionably to discredit the idea of the ancient prophet's personal reappearance. Moreover, these passages say that though the prophecy itself does demand an individual prophet, it does not restrict the work to an individual, but to a group, a body of helpers directed by the Lord and endowed with the spirit and power of Elijah. General Conference Special, page 37. Now there's something, there's two points here. The first is the body of helpers, but there's a second very important point that I think most people miss and some people insist on missing. But to a group, a body of helpers directed by the Lord and endowed with the spirit and power of Elijah. This body of people, not one man, not God's ordained uh, minister or somebody, Elijah. There's so many Elijahs today. Uh, it is not today. We are not in that stage of the work. We're in the stage of the helpers. And they are inspired with the same spirit and power of Elijah. Now, you say, well, his, power, his spirit and power was to interpret. His mission, his work was to interpret, but the spirit of prophecy that manifested through him is the Holy Spirit. It is the spirit to, um, <clears throat> to identify uh, uh, truth and to teach truth and to also identify those who are um, uh, the prophets of Baal. So uh, this um, uh, spirit and power of Elijah, it is the Holy Spirit working as the spirit of prophecy, and it is not limited to one thing. For some reason, people always look at the last prophet and insist that every other manifestation of the Lord be exactly like that. And I see Adventists to this day uh, out there saying that. It's like, do they have the right manifestations? Uh, do that, uh, this prophet can, uh, we saw visions, this, that. And their mind goes right back to the way it was. Now, we don't have a prophet today, but we have helpers. We have inspired helpers being led by the Lord. Ezekiel's prophecy revealing itself to be a message for the church today. The prophet himself must necessarily then represent the messengers who carry the message to the church at the time appointed. And that is inspiration because the prophet didn't know he wouldn't be here today. The message is going forward. The messengers are doing their work, uh, more or less, but, uh, but the prophet himself is resting. And let me just say that who are we to judge another man's servant? There are those who say, oh, Brother Hadaf is dead. He didn't expect to die. It's all a, um, a catastrophe, confusion, and so on. Brother Hadaf may or may not expected whatever, but God expected and knew very well and planned and ordered everything. There's no accidents, no confusion in the long run, nothing like that with God. 
Ezekiel's prophecy revealing itself to be a message for the church today, the prophet himself must necessarily then represent the messengers who carry the message to the church, okay? And um, I just wanted to show the prophet represents the messengers, uh, and uh, that is uh, how the message is going today. It doesn't have Elijah today, and it's not required to have Elijah today. And if someone were to tell you, Elijah must be here, explain to them that the helpers appointed by Brother Hadaf originally, those helpers continue down to the end, uh, 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 bringing the message to the church. So according to this reading, our prayer this afternoon should be that we realize that God, through his servants, through servants of his own appointment, accomplishes his work for the salvation of souls. So we have servants through the um, appointment of um, Elijah, and we have servants through uh, appointment of, of God's own appointment. And that, by the way, is a true statement today. It's not, it's not limited to the past. If you will go to the Leviticus and look in the bylaws, the genuine bylaws, you will see that to be a minister today, you, that individual must be called of God. You don't, there's not another way that the Lord calls the ministers uh, one by one himself. Now, we, uh, as uh, the association, recognize that call, but we cannot originate the call. Since God is not experimenting, and since he means just what he says, there should be no doubt in your minds that the scriptures concerning anatypical Elijah, he who is to awaken the church and warn the Laodiceans of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, make sure that he is one person. Now, if God says Elijah is one person, what will Satan say through his workers, his agents? He's numerous persons. He's not one person, he's a number of persons who is anatypical Elijah. The enemy is very predictable. He will always uh, um, contradict whatever the Lord says. Lord says one, he will say a number. But brethren, it is one, he has come. The study on Elijah is massive amount of information showing that Brother Hadaf was Elijah and he has come and done his work. And we are not to, uh, it is not for us to judge the Lord's servant. The Lord, uh, he is in the hands of the Lord and, and resting from his hard labor. And he will resume his work once more, just as Sister White will resume her work. We believe that that is what the message uh, teaches. Of a surety, he is to have faithful helpers. Okay, and that's all I'm going to read right there. Um, And it is clear that Brother Hadaf was speaking about his work then at Mount Carmel, uh, the postage stamp, uh, the leaves of autumn. we, in order to scatter the message even in a greater and, and, and less expensive way than the postage stamp, we are using barrels and, as I say, in the future shipping containers, but will almost certainly be used. But um, 
that is um, at his time, at his time, it was sent through the mail inexpensively to everyone on their mailing list. Their mailing list, if I remember, reached about 30,000 Adventists at one point while Brother Hadif was alive. And while we think of the TGs, for instance, as primarily for us, they were all sent to Adventists, okay? The leaves of autumn were scattered throughout the church. It identifies uh, Elijah precisely. Now, General Conference Special, page 32, uh, number three, that is Elijah of Christ's advent was one person, uh, and the Elijah of Mount Carmel of old was one person, not a multitude of priests, then parody by parody of reasoning, the Elijah of today must also be one person, not a multitude of ministers. The promise itself, moreover, is for one, only one. Now, how many times does Brother Hadith have to say, the Lord has to tell us one? You know why the Lord said one, one, one? Because he knew exactly what the enemy would say. And he knew there would be some uh, foolish virgins who are, who were pretending to be wise, who would fall for it. But the wise are not going to fall for this. The Lord said one, and he means one. The promise itself, moreover, is for only one, not for more. And with but one exception, we know not of any other time when God employed even two prophets, let alone many, at one time to convey one message to one people. We have a situation today where we have a number of Elijahs conveying Brother Howdus' message to, uh, to the people, okay? They're, they don't, they're conveying someone else's message, claiming to be the Elijah, the real Elijah, uh, when they uh, are claiming to teach the rod. Now, they are caught in that because only Elijah uh, is responsible for the message, only one prophet for one message. And they're also caught because they don't really teach the rod. They are pretending to teach the rod, but mixing in their own ideas very heavily. He invariably called one, and that one himself, under the direction of the Spirit, employed others to help him take the message to the people. So, um, that one, Brother Hadaf, employed others, called others, helpers, and that is true, and that is the, the, what the message teaches, and it has um, significance to us today, which is why we're dealing with it. Um, act, answer one, page 87. Accordingly, these two manifestations of the Holy Spirit are seen to be indispensable. The first develops a people by teaching them in righteousness, the second, fully matures them and clothes them with power to proclaim the truth in righteousness. In consequence, there is given in the first phase of the work a teacher of righteousness who trains an army of under-teachers of righteousness for carrying out the second phase. This army, this army of 144,000, it is being trained. The vanguard is being trained now. And the... Um, the teacher of righteousness, uh, the shepherd's rod message under the prophet Elijah, uh, did call, did authorize, did identify uh, um, individual under teachers. Now, these are the ministers that are listed in the directory. Many of these people went out. I don't know everyone, 
Uh, some of them passed away in the message as faithful brethren. Brother Butterball passed away as a faithful brother. Brother Colvin, a young man, ended up in prison, second degree murder. Brother Dieter was faithful. He died of a type of cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, if I remember, um, long ago. Brother Brewer, I believe, um, ended up with the branch and um, Ben David, uh, uh, Eliakim Ben David and so on. Um, and uh, he never did come back as far as I know. Uh, Brother Banks apostatized. Uh, and so it went with many of them. Brother Nations was faithful. Uh, Brother Roller went out to the Friday uh, Sabbath uh, apostasy. Um, Brother Wilson, Elder Wilson was faithful. Brother Wolf was apostatized to Armstrong. And as you probably know, he fell off a roof and died, tall roof. Um, and some of these people, I don't know the stories right now, uh, and uh, perhaps someday we will know more. In fact, I'm sure we will. But my point is this, there were two who came down to us to this association, only two. I'm double checking, but on this list, only two. And that's Brother Bingham and Brother Warden. These two were appointed by Elijah. They were Elijah's helpers. They were ordained ministers, fully ordained ministers uh, and workers for Mount Carmel, authorized by Elijah. And these two, plus a few others, uh, were the founders of this association. Now, did everyone stay faithful? And we can't judge people who say, well, Brother Warden didn't stay faithful. Perhaps, we don't know what uh, was the final outcome of Brother Warden, and it is a mistake to judge and be sure of anything when it comes to the final outcome of anyone, okay? Only God can make those decisions. But what we do know is that Brother, ha Brother Warden was the first vice president of this association. That is a historical fact. And Brother Bingham was the second vice president, okay? And, and uh, first president. And so uh, these are things that are uh, set in history. And uh, it is important because the helpers are an important uh, teaching in the message. We didn't make up this teaching. The helpers need to be uh, um, uh, called by Elijah. Brother Trevor's new doctrine, right? It's not my doctrine, brethren. I, I brought a lot of slides, not all, to show you that this is what the message teaches. Now there was student licentiates. Uh, Milton Goodman went out, and um, I believe that, I know for a fact that that is true with uh, Brother Hermanson. He went completely into the world. And um, there's uh, uh, Brother Wilson uh, um, uh, went into uh, the construction business with, this is Wilson's son, uh, went into the construction business in California with Brother Bingham in the early 40s, mid 40s. And he was killed at an intersection by a 
by a driver of a, uh, of a truck. Uh, he, uh, it was ruled um, that the driver of the truck was guilty, okay? And uh, uh, for insurance purposes and so on, in those days, it was important to see who was the cause of the accident. Uh, that was um, the end of Brother uh, um, John E. Wilson and also the end of the construction company since he was uh, the field force and Brother Bingham was the office force, but uh, not quite the end, but the, uh, it, it basically was the end. Okay, so we have, uh, as far as I know, Brother Green, Brother Glenn Green, and Brother Hellman, uh, two student licentiates who did come down to uh, the Rachel Association. Not to this association, but to the Rachel Association. And I could be wrong. They may be part of the 61. Brother Albert, uh, uh, did you recognize anyone in the 61 picture? Uh, 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 Brother Green or Brother Hellman in the 61 picture? Are they there? In the 1961 session picture, where everybody is standing there in front of the church, were oh. either of those brethren there? Uh, I thought Brother Hellman was for one, but uh, I thought that uh, Glenn Green's brother, wasn't he in there? Um, not that I know. Oh. Okay, but you're saying that Glenn Green was in the picture? I thought Brother Hellman was for sure. Hellman yeah. was in the picture? I'm thinking. Well, it's, 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 a way, it's something to study. But as far as I know, uh, um, they, were, uh, they were definitely part of the Rachel Association. Now, the point here that I'm making is that it is necessary to uh, observe the things that the Lord says. We teach everything. We do teach that the helpers must have been called by um, the Lord, uh, the Lord's servant, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, right now, every man does what he wants in his own eyes, and uh, we could just go out and set up an association, okay? We don't have any calling from the prophet ourselves, but we can just go and do it, and we do. People in Davidia constantly do it, but you don't have the right. You are not part of the helpers. You don't have a right to set up a new association. And the one opening for a new association, well, the one prophetic slot has already been filled. There is no other openings, no other prophecies, no other uh, 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 chances of having another association. But it was done correctly with several of the helpers that Brother Hadaf had continuing the government of God from Los Angeles, from Mount Carmel to California. It was done according to the stipulations of the message. So thus far, the fact stands out that this final call comes at the last hour of the parabolical day, just before the work closed, being the last message of mercy to the world and also the last call for servants, it must therefore be borne by Elijah the prophet. It cannot originally be borne by anyone else, by him who appears just before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Uh, Malachi 4.5 and Matthew 17.11. Accordingly, the servants of the 11th hour must be called to the work by him, Elijah, 
during the time he is announcing the day of the Lord, the day in which the Lord takes his fan uh, in his hand uh, and purges his floor, blows away the chaff and burns the tears. Now, these are, uh, that was the work of Elijah announcing the, uh, the message of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And the servants of the 11th hour must be called to the work by him. And they will be called by him uh, uh, in the future, just as they were in, uh, in Mount Carmel. Now, when Brother Hadith wrote this, must be called, people ignore this. What does this mean? It doesn't mean anything to us. It's, it's not applicable today. We don't care what it says. But we care. Bashan cares. We care about every piece of the message. We have to care. It's all true. It's all inspired. And the servants of the 11th hour must be called to the work by him and during the time he is announcing. That's the time he's alive and working. And if you are called by any other person originally, and if we were called by some other person, if this association was not called by the servants that um, were um, um, authorized by Elijah, if we were not, we would be just like everyone else. Bashan would be just like everybody else, setting ourselves up uh, in business as an association as we feel like it. So I'm going to skip down here, uh, um, Zechariah 6:14, and and then verse 14, uh, Brother Hadith reads it and then says, "What can all this mean? Just this: Joshua is heaven's appointed judge, ruler. He himself is crowned as such. And and so many people want to uh, so unfaithful. I am Joshua. I am Han. I am this. I am that. Everybody wants a position. Everybody wants to be." Uh, uh, some, uh, some uh, prophet or king or something. So unfaithful, so much um, uh, mental, uh, intellectual, uh, poor thinking. Uh, uh, this is not how the Lord works. He's not going to uh, say one thing here and then authorize you over there to be hen or uh, Joshua or this or that. And you think, well, who wants to be hen? There's somebody out there who's teaching he is hen. And we have a Joseph too, anatypical Joseph. Every possible uh, niche has somebody uh, precariously trying to perch on it. Uh, so what can all this mean? Just this, Joshua is heaven's appointed judge, ruler. He himself is crowned as such. And in response to the Lord's own command, Joshua crowns, authorizes, calls, authorizes um, his helpers whom the Lord himself names. In other words, as members of the house of David, Joshua authorizes them to engage in the work. So Joshua is responsible to the Lord, but his helpers are responsible to Joshua. Here is seen an organization having a leader and under leader, the Lord and Joshua. Thus it is that Whatever is to be bound on earth is also to be bound in heaven. Who had the keys of the kingdom when 1TG8 uh, was uh, published? Who had the keys of the kingdom? The general association. The message teaches the general association 
had the keys. The important point here is that uh, Joshua, anatypical Joshua, when this was published, it is uh, none other than Brother Haraf. Joshua authorizes the helpers. And here is seen an organization. Now, the independent brethren want no organization. They don't want to be responsible to under shepherds uh, uh, authorized originally by um, Joshua. They don't want to be part of an organization. And the Lord doesn't force anybody. We, we don't want to poke the truth down anybody's throat either. But it is necessary for those who are going to receive the seal to accept the truth for this hour and to live the truth, be part of the message that is going to accomplish uh, and the association that is going to accomplish the work. And there is, we see an organization have a leader, which is Christ, and then visible leader, and uh, Joshua, okay, under leader, and uh, the helpers. Okay, so the day this scripture of Zechariah 4.10 is fulfilled is the day in which the Lord of hosts starts a reformatory work in an apparently very small and insignificant way. And those who despise small and insignificant beginnings will at last rejoice and see the antitypical Zerubbabel is one to direct a work along with all seven of his, his helpers. So there are seven helpers, uh, the ministry, the appointed uh, uh, helpers, workers, and um, this work did start in a small, apparently insignificant way. Look at our organizational picture there in, in California, uh, 1961. It was a small session, small number of people relatively. But even though it started small and then immediately got smaller with the split, it has persevered because it's the Lord's. Uh, when you see an organization that continues on regardless of the difficulties, and you see off to the side numerous organizations sprout up and then die, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason one organization came down all the way, and that's because God does have an organization and it will accomplish the work that he has given it. So the Lord has a Davidian Seventh-day Adventist ministry, and they are coming to the front. It is not a branch ministry, a wave sheaf ministry. Wrong, wrong name, brethren, not in the message, not prophetic. It is a Davidian Seventh-day Adventist ministry. Some people now are taking the name 11th Hour Church, it's like jumping from the frying pan into the fire. They are, were wrong and they are now more wrong and they have the wrong name. It's not in the message, but the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist ministry is in the message and it is coming to the front and the association is going, the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association is going to accomplish the work that the Lord has uh, ordained for it. And we only have two more thoughts here. Um, its main object of the message is to reveal the fact that the time has come for the Lord to manifest his power and to unify and purify the church of God 
calling her to rise up from her dusty bed and put on her strength and her gift of beautiful garments, because from henceforth the unclean shall not come unto her. Isaiah 52.1. Therefore, it positively demands that the messengers of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, under its supervision, must strictly comply with all its requirements, instructions, and advice, which it bears to them from time to time. Now, this is the message, the symbolic code. It is, well, I lost the, re the re reference there, but anyway, it is the symbolic code, I believe. And it is um, the early code. And it is, the Lord is telling us that uh, he demands that the messengers of the great and dreadful day of the Lord under its supervision strictly comply with all its requirements, instructions, and advice which it bears to them from time to time, which the code bears. What is going to happen to any of the messengers who do not comply with the requirements? Oh, it will be fine. The, God, the Lord will make allowances for them. They will be sealed also and, and be received into the kingdom. Is that true? It's not true, brethren. We have to strictly comply with all the requirements and not just we today, but those of yesterday. And if, if either we or they do not comply, we will lose our reason for existing as uh, messengers of the Lord, as, as, as um as people doing a special work for the Lord, as an organization. And that is what happened with Mount Carmel. When the General Association started to teach error and published error in the symbolic code of all things, that was forbidden. They did not strictly comply with the requirements to be a good spiritual pastor, truth without error. When, they, when the General Association started to reach out to the world, they were not, they were not strictly complying with the message. They were uh, disobeying the message. And you want the Lord to say, that's all right. You'll make it to the kingdom. Your heart is good. Go ahead. Now, uh, we have a kind of a false um, view of things where we think that's the right way of being. The Lord is not like that. He is merciful, he is loving, he is just, but he also is exact. And he gives us all the chances in the world up until the close of our probation. And then he will judge us correctly. If we have failed to meet the requirements, we will pay the price. And we should never doubt. And so with our forebearers, I told you about some of the history of some of the people. Brother William Banks, he was uh, 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 very much angry with Brother Hadif once he was relieved as a minister and worker. He was an apostate. He, was, uh, he failed to meet the requirements. He worked against, spoke against the message to a certain extent. And the young man, Colvin, who ended up in prison in Texas, uh, he did not meet the requirements either, and many of the others. Now, uh, the General Association did not meet the requirements of God as an organization. And the Lord did not say, that's all right, I will use you. I, I have a, a special uh, prophecy for you. 
you are going to accomplish the work. You are going to then be the ordained association to take the loud cry. He didn't say that. He knew which way they were going. He didn't tell them uh, directly then to discourage them. They had their time and chance. Their destiny was not locked in. They had a chance to do the right thing. But the association made a wrong turn. And you say, well, it's Sister Howdoff. Not exactly. Sister Howdoff did not run the typesetter. She did not run the printing press. She did not mail the literature, the false literature. She did not run the solemn assembly all by herself. In fact, it was to a large extent her helpers. And even though she may have led them in the wrong way, they followed, okay? The association followed. And that is the problem. And that is why uh, if we are today are not faithful, the Lord will uh, 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 render the same judgment. We do have to be faithful to everything in the message. Others can say, pick and choose which parts of the message they want to teach. We teach every piece of the message, okay? As it was taught by Brother Howdoff, or as his example, uh, his precept and example instructs us to follow, or in one case, as we are authorized to mark out the meaning. What is that one case where Brother Hadif did not teach the precise uh, thing that we teach? What is that? Bashan, brethren, be honest. He did not teach Bashan. He did not know Bashan. How could he teach Bashan? And in that one case, God had a special mechanism. Read it yourself on page 244 of 1SR. But otherwise, Bashan teaches word for word, meaning for meaning, what the message teaches. And I know that that's a surprising thought to so many people because they have grown up with a, very much of a counter thought, a prejudice, and so on. Um, but we must comply strictly with all of its requirements, instructions. The genuine Elijah has already set in motion the power that is to restore all things. Our success is already recorded. Now, God does not tell us discouraging news to uh, weaken our, our, our feet um, and say, you are going to fail. He doesn't do that. He tells us, that he warns us, he warned Carmel that if they did not obey, they would cease to exist. He said that in those words. But... He doesn't say it as a matter of fact, a foregone conclusion, lock their destiny in, as it were. But he does do the opposite. He will tell us good news to encourage us. Sometimes we need special encouragement. Bashan is universally uh, attacked by all our sisters and cousins and um, uh, even the strange aunts and uncles in the attic, okay? we are the, uh, uh, the target. And there's a reason for that, of course, and that's okay. But um, sometimes the Lord does give us special encouragement. To reemphasize re the fact, let it be said again, that being the last of the prophets, Elijah is therefore the only one who can open up our understanding 
to our understanding all the prophecies of the scriptures pertaining to the great and dreadful day of the Lord. In doing all this, he sets in motion the power that is to restore all things. The power is set in motion. The last part of the great controversy is set in motion. It's so interesting. It is the enemy has worked very, very hard to stop this phase of the work in the past. He has had his knockout blow. He has scattered the confused sheep. And to this very day, a lot of sheep are still confused and scattered. But he has, the Lord has set in motion. And while the enemy is frantically fighting a last ditch rear guard action, that power is already in motion, brethren. If the Lord says it's in motion, it is in motion. Whether we are in motion with that power or not, it is in motion. The last um, battle, the last phases of the battle here on earth, that power that restores all things already turned loose. And what is that? How was it turned loose? The message. The great victory of Carmel was to uh, release that message, that, that power, set it in motion. And though the enemy tries to block it in many, many different ways, brethren, uh, it is inevitable that this message triumph in exactly the way the Lord has told us. And so inspiration thus shows that our efforts with this message are absolutely certain to affect the greatest reformation of all time. We therefore have every reason to be positive as positive of winning and as anxious to work as was ancient David when he faced the giant Goliath. And just as David won the impossible battle, uh, 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 a young man uh, without armor, without any weapon but a sling, just and five smooth stones, just as he triumphed, the Lord is promising that we will triumph. He's already said that this association will accomplish the work. It's nice to know that. I, I really find that encouraging myself. If the times are confused and not sure about this, not sure about that, one thing I know, this association will accomplish the work. And we know that because the word of the Lord is sure. He does not deceive us ever. And so this is their closing thought. God lives and reigns. He is conducting the affairs of the universe. Let his soldiers move forward to victory. Let there be perfect unity in their ranks. Let them press the battle to the gates. As a mighty conqueror, the Lord will work for them. And he is asking us to come together, brethren. Do not be prejudiced with your sisters, even the independents, even our cousins, the branch, our far cousins. Uh, we need to reach out to our sisters. We need not, we, if, if they meet us with prejudice and, and um, uh, discouraging words, uh, disparaging words, uh, don't re reply in kind. Uh, someone has to be the first one to reach across the line. Let's be that first person. And if they are eager for unity too, we will meet together and we will join together on the basis of what? False doctrine? We'll join together on the basis of the rod, only the rod, brethren. There's another unity that we care about. 
We care about unity on the rod only. And now, since in her progression of time, the woman represents each successive ministry, therefore, at the, at the time that the dragon is wroth with her, she necessarily must represent the last ordained ministry, the 144,000, those who bring all their children from all nations to God's holy mountain, Jerusalem. Isaiah 66, 20, answer 2.15. So she must represent the woman. This is the, um, also um, symbolizes the army, uh, the gospel army, uh, the vanguard and its army. Uh, the last ordained ministry, the 144,000. Are you preparing yourself to be part of this last ordained ministry? The Lord wants each one of us to make every effort to be part of this. We have to be faithful to the message, number one. Number two, we have to pay the price. We have to put the Lord's work first. It, he has invited us to participate in this final conflict. It is the greatest honor that he, we could receive. Don't think that political or, or business honor or any other thing can compare. The Lord has given each one of us a chance to be part of this final ordained ministry that uh, takes the, the power in motion and accomplishes the work. That is our job. That is our destiny if we want it to be. We make that choice. We have a choice to go all the way with the Lord, or we can sidetrack into the world, the allurements of the world. Oh, they're real. We see them right now, and we need to stop a moment and pause and do some things first, and then we're going to come around, and then we're gonna concentrate on the Lord. Brethren, sadly, sadly for many people who do that, that sometime never comes. And we need to today, right now, and from now on, uh, make a determination that the most important thing in our life is to qualify ourselves to be part of that last ordained ministry. That's the most important thing. And it's the greatest opportunity any of us could have, brethren, and I hope that not one of us is missing from that great and wonderful assembly on Mount Zion with the Lamb that is prophesied to be uh, our destiny if we continue faithful on to the end. Thank you, brethren. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.